In Atlanta, one voice has stood out for over four decades. An AJC original, The Monica Pearson Show. Let's talk about how you got to ESPN. Revealing interviews. You are known as America's doctor, but I want to know who you were before that. When you have a different name, you have different color skin, it can be tough. With Atlanta's most famous faces as you've never seen them before. I'm telling my story. This is the American dream. The Monica Pearson Show, streaming now on AJC.com. This is D. Orlando Ledbetter of the Atlanta Journal-Constitution here with the 233rd episode of the Bowtie Chronicles podcast. Everything you need to know about the Atlanta Falcons. We're going to title this episode, Falcons Pummel the Las Vegas Raiders, 43-6. to Don't have to get real fancy with what happened yesterday. Falcons took it to them on the defensive side of the ball. The 29th ranked defense in the league entering the game, giving up 406.8 yards per game, held the Raiders to 243. That's right. The Raiders came in averaging 369.4. They were held. uh, That's almost 130 yards under their average. So great game, defensive win. Uh, We're going to go over some of the numbers, get the game notes, hear from Coach Raheem Morris, linebacker Deion Jones, and defensive end Jacob Teuto Mariner. He discusses his effort and physicality. The uh, big numbers here, other than the rushing, were the 5-5-5 numbers. I know uh, my Aunt Christina up in Maryland plays the lottery, but I don't know if 5-5-5 is a good one for her, but... You got five sacks, you got five quarterback hits, and you got five turnovers. Five to one turnover ratio margin. So when you do that, you get the turnovers, that's good. But when you get the turnovers, you got to score. So the Falcons scored on uh, all five of them, but three field goals. Uh, you know, Youngway Koo is uh, uh, turned into quite the weapon. Made five yesterday. But, you know, then they got two touchdowns out of them, too. So, um, you know, we'll look, you would like to see that maybe four touchdowns and, and one field goal. Uh, but And five would be totally awesome. But, hey, who's complaining? It was 43 to uh, six. Let's go to interim coach Raheem Morris, who's now at four and two. Should be five and one as the uh, interim Atlanta Falcons head coach. Here is Coach Morris. Congratulations on the win, Coach. Um, I don't know who you handed out game balls to, but defensively, uh, Tuioti uh, seemed like he was everywhere. Um, what did you say to the guys afterwards? What about his performance and just the strip stack and everything you saw to him today? You know, I really kept it from the individual accolades, and I talked about the team win. And I talked about the guys coming out, doing what they're capable of doing, and being able to finish the game like that. You know, I think these guys need a little bit of, um, uh, what do you call it, uh, pushing ahead to, sit, to let them know that this is how a game should end when you got control of them. And today, to go out and be able to do those things, I thought it was really good for us. I thought it was good for our team. I thought it was good for our organization and definitely good for our city. We haven't heard his name called that often, but Jacob did have a great game coach. Uh, were you impressed with what you saw on the sidelines from him? You know, Jacob was all over the place. You know, he caused a couple fumbles, got a couple fumbles. Man, it felt like he was everywhere. He plays special teams. He makes tackles for us. You know, I can't say enough good things about what Jacob is able to do for us just because of where he's come from and the man. You know, he was mic'd up today, was wired up. 
might mic him up every week now. He plays like that, but he was uh, certainly fired up, certainly played well for his team, and we're fired up for him. Another man who took advantage of his opportunities was Edo Smith. Uh, that spark he provided late in the game and the ability for him to call, close out and, and come through when needed. You know, we're really talking about focusing on running the ball versus two high defenses. And Edo got in there at the second half and really sparked us. Broke off a couple big runs, gave us a couple explosives. You know, you need those things when that happens. That opens up your pass game. It definitely helps even things out to make you less one-dimensional to give us the opportunity to, to dictate the terms of the game, which we were able to do this, this week. I know you'll tell me you think that everybody can play better, but the defense, Coach, I mean, five turnovers, five sacks, uh, holding them out of the end zone. What can you say about uh, the job they did today? You know, stats are for losers. But, <laughs> you know, when you get those things that work in your favor, you go out there, um, you get those guys to believe in themselves and believe in what they can do. Um, those things always work out in the right favor and those always work out in the right way for you. So today's that's what happened for us. One stat that stood out that we talked about this week was the rushers, uh, Raiders rushing game, seventh in the NFL. What did you do to negate them today? You know, our guys did a really good job. We got some big bodies in there that are able to use their hands and shed blocks and come off and make tackles. That running back's a very good t- Jacobs, he's very tough to tackle. Uh, we were able to get there in, in bunches and bunch of people in the, in the spot to make sure we can ensure that we get them on the ground. Um, he's going to run through arm tackles. We were not able to do that. We were putting our chest on him. It was a physical fought game. Another ASC win. It was awesome. What was the key, Coach, to creating those five turnovers? Was it pressure? Um, just a lot of guys doing their jobs individually? I just thought it was the guys' uh, ball mindset. You know, they really had a ball mindset today to go after it. They really had a ball mindset every time they had an opportunity to get it. Um, they got the ball out, you know, the hustle, the turn and run. All of those things just, 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 just kicked into play. And usually when that happens in technique and opportunity to meet, you get the ball. Anything you can share, Coach, on uh, James Carpenter? Uh, Carpenter, rather, a bunch of guys that were banged up today. Uh, Ridley, Zacchaeus, Young Haku, and uh, obviously, uh, again, Carpenter. You know, we got a bunch of guys on this team that's Warriors, man. They've played through an injury, and we'll have to see where he is and see how bad it is and where he can go from here. Um, and obviously, Rip was able to bounce in and out of the game, so we'll see where he goes when we get a little bit more uh, feedback from our trainers tomorrow and the next day. We talked uh, this week about uh, the way Darren Waller has been just a, a problem, right, an issue you guys had to deal with. Um, how were you able to neutralize him today? You know, Foyer, any of the man-to-man opportunities, was able to cover man-to-man. He stepped up in a big way. We were able to confuse the coverage a little bit and put a little bit on Carr to make him have to sort his way through some of those things. He's a really good football player, and you can't just take him out with one guy. You just can't take him out with one thing. So you got to be able to mix it up and be able to take away that offense. They're a really good offense. Take don't lie, Coach. I know you were eager to show the guys the New Orleans video coming into this week. Um, easier to get your message coming off a performance like that, and then how do you get the guy to buy, buy in knowing the tape this week will be better than last? You know, I don't, ever want to, I don't ever want to say it's easier to give a message. You know, sometimes those tough battles are fought through difficulty, and that game last week was some difficulty for us, and it was able to show them and just give them the truth. And when you're able to give guys the truth of what happened and your version of the truth and let those guys – you know, sit on it and take it and come out to play. I think that's what those guys did this week. I think we took it into this game, and I think it really helped us this week. Julio, obviously a no-go for you today, but five receivers, Coach, caught passes uh, in the absence of Julio Jones. What can you say about the receiving core and the ability for them to take advantage of their opportunities? You know, whenever you're missing Julio, the greatest player as he is, you got to have people step up, and we got guys that are very capable of doing it. You know, we've seen Blake today step up. We've seen Powell step up. We've seen Gage step up. We've seen Ridley step up. OZ was getting off rolling until he got injured. But, you know, those guys have just been stepping up all year whenever they've been called upon, and it's been really nice to see. Back to Ido, where you called upon his number again, gave you the ceiling, uh, you know, first downs and scores. Has he put himself, Coach, in more and more of a conversation to earn more and more playing time? You know, anytime you play that way, you have to say yes. You know, Ido went out there today and played really well for us. Um, it's not his first time playing well for us. He's played well for us in the past. 
and we shouldn't be shocked. You know, Ido has the ability to do that. That's what he does. And uh, we should be looking forward for more that from Ido. What did it mean to you, Coach? I uh, know you don't talk about yourself often at all, rather, but to, to meet your, beat your mentor in Gruden, and what did your coach say to you after the game? You know, I think any any chance to go 1-0 mentality against anybody is always special, but when you go up against a guy that just, you know, that's humbled and, and congratulate you at the, half, at, the half, at the half field mark and tell you congratulations and, and, and you did a good job today, that means a lot when it comes from the guy that you most respect in this business. There he is. That was Coach Raheem Morris of the Atlanta Falcons discussing the 43-6 victory over the Las Vegas Raiders. And now we're going to go to uh, Deion Jones, linebacker, had the big 67-yard interception return for a touchdown in the game against the Raiders. Here's Deion. Deion, how's it going? How y'all doing? Doing good, doing good. Well, I can I can tell from uh from your voice the uh, good mood after this one. What what was the the feeling like after this game? Oh, it was great. Um, as a defense, as a team, we put it all together. We played well together, and we finally put one on on film, and we got one to look at to grow from. You, you talk about putting it all together. That's the fewest points you guys have allowed this year. That's the most points the offense has scored this year. The most turnover since you've had in a game since 2016. How do you describe that when everything comes together like that? To me, I think we messed up, man. We got it on film, so we have a standard, and that is the standard that we, you know, we set the bar, and now we got to keep reaching it. Uh, how's Coach Ulbrich personally affected your career? What do you like most about Coach Ul- Coach Ulbrich leading this defense? Great, oh man, his his he's always on us, making sure we locked in, make sure we're on our details. Um, real particular about, you know, how we do things, and we got to respect him for that. Um, it shows that, you know, it translates on the field. What did you see on the pick six kind of take us through that play? Um, I had him. He put the, we had a great rush to make him throw a bad ball. It was behind the running back. Secured it. And once I, once I got in the clear, I, I put the ball up. I knew it was, it was, it was going home. Was there something you guys saw coming in to be able to get the ball on the ground so often this game? I think it was three fumbles forced on, on Derek Carr alone. Man, that was just us hunting the ball. We haven't had a ball in a couple of weeks. And uh, guys were hungry for it this week, and we talked about it, and it came to life. You guys had a number of guys step up who don't normally, you know, get asked to make big contributions. Jacob, Laura Reynolds, Ito Smith on offense. Um, what, what do you say about those guys kind of stepping up this week? Just a product of how hard they work. They've always been working, always working hard, and they're waiting on this op to come. And when the op came, they took full advantage of it, and that's, that's all we got asked for them. I believe it was five sacks for you guys today. What's been the key to dialing up the pressure uh, in, in wins and especially in recent weeks? Um... Really, we want to we put pressure on the quarterback, make him, you know, uncomfortable back there. And it's all rushes all together, uh, buying in and all the coverage, making sure they're in tight coverage. How were you guys able to neutralize some of the Raiders' offensive weapons? Darren Waller uh, was, was kind of kept in check. Jacobs in the ground game as well. Uh, we knew what keys we needed to, you know, to win the game, especially in the run game and, you know, uh, in the pass game with Carr. So everybody took on their role and locked in and, I mean, owned it. It was awesome. With, with Jacob Tuioti Mariner in particular, what was it like to see him have this game considering the journey he had from an undrafted guy of the practice squad to now being counted on to, to be a role player every week? For sure. Uh, that's, like I said, it's a product of his hard work. Uh, even when he was on private squad, he had the same grind, the same energy, and 
I'm glad that he's got it on the field with us now. All right, linebacker Deion Jones going over some of the activities yesterday at the Mercedes-Benz Stadium. He had the big interception. He talked about that. He read the route. He had uh, Jacobs covered on a little check down. Uh, he was trying to ha hit him on the move. But uh, Kaminsky was in his face, and Grady was down on the ground. It was just, it was just a messy pocket. And uh, the ball went behind him. Deion got it. Shot out to the right. Took it up the field, 63 yards for the touchdown. We're going to look at some of the game notes here, then get to uh, Jacob Tawudi Mariner, then look ahead to the Saints, who won 31-3 to improve to 9-2 on Sunday. So let's go to uh, the game highlight notes. Make sure we have all that covered for you. You know, 43-6, to, to the defense had five turnovers, four, tumble, four fumbles. One interception, marking the first time they've had five turnovers since week 14 in 2016. It's back to the Super Bowl year. Uh, Falcons, uh, the 43 points were the most scored since week 9 of 2016 when they had 43 against Tampa Bay. Uh, the 37-point win is the largest margin of victory by the Falcons since week three of the 2014 season when they uh, beat Tampa Bay by 42. The Falcons' defense with the five sacks, five takeaways on Sunday marked the first time Atlanta recorded at least 5.0 sacks and had at least five takeaways in the same game since week 12 of 2002. The uh, Falcons limit the Raiders to the season-low 243 net yards, uh, their fewest net yards, uh, 40 since week three of the 2017 season when they had 32 against Washington. Okay, uh, Matt Ryan, 22 of 39, 185, not a real special game, two TDs, one interception, 75.3 passer rating. Uh Passing game was uh it was a work in progress all day, but they got it going just enough to to um you know pull it off and got Guido Smith going enough late to close it out. But on the second completion of the day, Matt Ryan surpassed three thousand passing yards for the eleventh straight season. Uh also Matt is now eleven and three against the AFC West and still with two more games to go. Got the Chargers left and uh, the Chiefs, Chargers and Chiefs. Deion Jones had five tackles, uh, the interception return, his second in, uh, second interception in, in 2020, and his fifth per career pick six. He took it home. That's what he calls the end zone, also referred to as taking it to the house. His five career interceptions for touchdowns are the most by a linebacker since 2006 and the most in the, in the NFL by any defensive player since entering the league in 2016. Foyer Ulukani forced another fumble. That was his fourth of the season. Tied for the most with Cleveland's Miles Garrett and Baltimore's Marlon Humphrey. His uh, forced field goal led to a 39-yard field goal. And then this uh, story here, we, we have one online on Jacob Tui to Mariner. 
He, uh, you know, undrafted guy. They paid him a lot. He was, uh, he got ten thousand dollar bonus. You know, most guys get about five hundred dollars, thousand dollars when you sign as undrafted. So he was a priority guy. They've been developing him and finally getting to see uh, some results of his hard labor. Uh, results of his hard labor. Dion Jones talked about that, about his hard work, him standing on his grind, being undrafted, being cut, being on the practice squad. Uh, sticking around, and then finally having a breakout game here on Sunday with five tackles, three solo, first career sack, first career force fumble, first career fumble recovery in the game. Finished with a total of five tackles, one sack, one forced fumble, and two fumble recoveries. Go read that story online uh, on AJC.com about Jacob and his journey. And Jacob joined linebackers Levante David and uh, Ravens linebacker Patrick Queen as the only players to record at least. These are little minor stats. One sack, one forced fumble, two fumble covers in the game since 2015. But, hey, good for him. He's the first Falcon player with that combination. Uh, Leroy Reynolds also had a good day. He had a, his first career force fumble. You know, Leroy's a special teamer mostly, but he was in there snatching the ball off people too. And uh, it was his first career fumble recovery on a different play. And uh, field goal-wise, Youngway Koo connected on five. He missed one, but the Raiders were so bad in penalties, they rolled into the kicker and he got <laughs> – and the Falcons went on and took it in for a score there. They – uh. 11 penalties for 141 yards, so they 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 uh, they should get a game ball too for uh, being uh, boneheaded penalty uh, folks. But anyway, Young Way Cool connected on five field goals: 38, 39, 30, 29, and 54. All four extra point attempts were made. Also, he has made 21 all 21 of his field goal attempts since week four. So uh, that miss doesn't go on his record, so it goes down as five straight um, in the game. So good uh, for Youngway. Now the uh, 21 consecutive field goals are the third most consecutive made in Falcons history. Surpassed Todd Peterson's 18 in 2005 and uh, Morton Anderson's 18 in 1995. So... Um, we're not going to asterisk that one, but we know there was a miss in there. I think it was 40. Uh, but, you know, hey, he got rolled into and he got to do it again later. So um, that's the second time uh, in his career with five field goals made. He became the eighth kicker this season to make five or plus field goals in a single game. Now, Edo Smith, you know, came on for Brian Hill. They were both trying to take over for uh, Todd Gurley. And uh, he got loose late, so his numbers look a little pretty good, even though they had stymied the run for much of three quarters. He had 12 carries for 65 yards, including an eight-yard touchdown his first of the season. Calvin Ridley led the receivers with six catches for 50 yards, including four uh, yards receiving. Now, uh, Brandon Powell had a four-yard touchdown. Now, something Coach uh, Morris said, we got to go back to that, about they've been trying to run the ball against double high safeties. That's what you do against cover two. You pound the ball at people, and they weren't able to do that against the Saints, and they weren't able to do that for most of this game because, you know, they keep the double high safeties 
to keep uh, the receivers from running down the field deep. So you don't want Ridley, uh, you know, slipping on. Um, if they got a single safety, they can, you know, move him over to one side of the field and throw back deep to the other. But uh, the way you beat the cover, too, is you pound the ball at it. And uh, the Falcons haven't been able to do that. So here late against the uh, Raiders, they were able to do that. And that's going to be key going into the Saints game. Hey, and then also on our audio, let's give a big shout out to Zach Klein uh, from from Channel 2 WSB and Justin Felder from Fox and then Emily Gagan from Channel uh, 46. Um, you know, after the game, we do the virtual interviews, but we submit our questions in the chat. And, um, you know, the TV announcers ask the questions because I, I think the Falcons want the audio to sound better. They don't really want to hear from us uh, print guys, you know, asking, you know, follow-ups and, and everything. So it makes a slick for a slicker production. But that's how we're doing it this year. Hopefully we'll get back to the old way next season. But shout-out to our media partners, our media friends for, you know, asking the questions. They get too happy, start congratulating the coach and stuff. We're supposed to be neutral. But, uh, you know, good good for them. They TV's a little different, <laughs> a little different setup. Uh, just a few more notes here, then we're going to hear from Jacob and then get on out of here. Oh, uh, yeah, we're going pretty long today. Uh, first downs, 13 to 23. The third downs were key, 3 of 12, 25% on third downs for the Raiders. The penalty one was a big one, 11 for 41. Let's look at the zero touchdowns to four. Uh, time of possession, that's the one the Falcons want to win, and they did. Uh, Raiders 25-03, and the Falcons 34-57. So, uh, you know, they're, they're winning that time possession, keeping that defense fresh, and then the defense uh, wore it down. At least they got the running game going late. It didn't look good early, but 65 for Edo, 55 for Brian. Brian Hill ran hard. Um, Hayden Hurst had four for 48, too, so, you know, he did his thing. Stephen Means had six tackles, Deion Jones five, Jacob five, and four, five players with four. Four players went one sack each. I think it was Means, uh, Fourier, Means, uh, Jacob, uh, and John Kaminsky. And then there was a shared sack by Tyler Davidson and Jalen Hawkins. So those were your five sacks in that game so let's go um you know uh time possession that was big the, the penalties uh, you know some good game notes coming out of there but let's go here from the star of the surprise star of the game jacob that scored this year how do you describe it i think it's just it's a great collective team win um it all started off on monday when we came in and made our corrections uh we learned from our mistakes um and then we learned off of that, and we continue to have a great week of practice, um, mentally and physically. So I just, it, you know, it bases off of that, and it was just a great team win. Glad to be out there. What can you say about the way the defense as a whole has stepped up recently, and do you feel like you guys are playing with a newfound sense of confidence? Um, yeah, I, I feel like everybody has noticed, took notice that, and, you know, the defense has, you know, took a step forward uh, these past couple weeks. And uh, it's just it's a good feeling. Um, you know, we all trust each other with our jobs, and it's just a good feeling to be out there and flying around with each other. You had a pretty hefty stat line today. What was it like to get the sack, the forced fumble, and two fumble recoveries? I mean, I can't, can't thank anybody else, but, uh, you know, but my teammates. 
they made that happen. The coaches had a great, you know, game plan coming into the game. Uh, all thanks to them, you know. Uh, they 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 created the opportunity for me to go out there and you know help out the team the team here. So uh, once again, I know it's a team effort and everything. You sometimes hear about, you know, basketball players being in the zone, right? When you're having a game like that, do you feel different? Are you feeling different out there? Um, I mean, I feel like it's important for every week to be in the zone. Uh, no matter if you're being, you know, having a good game, a bad game, you can't let anything, you know, you can't get outside of that zone. So, um, I just try to stay consistent as much as I could today, um, stay in the zone. But it's very important for, you know, every player out there to, you know, stay in the zone whether you're having a good or bad game. What have you liked most? What do you like most about playing for Coach Ulbrich? Uh, you know, it's, it's crazy because, you know, I played for him back at UCLA when he was in uh, college. He was my defense coordinator. So, uh, you know, it's, it's fun out there. Um, I know he has full trust in me whenever I'm able to go in uh, to give me the opportunity. So, you know, it's easy for me to go out there and play as hard as I can when you got people to, <clears throat> that believe in me as much as they do. How do you describe your journey from going, you know, being undrafted in practice squad to now having a game like today? You know, it's just, you know, I, I love my journey. You know, I wouldn't have it any other way. Uh, the journey that I had has definitely taught me how to work hard, uh, be disciplined, you know, keep my head down and keep working. Um, don't compare myself to others, you know, but just keep working. So um, as long as I know there's, you know, two things that I can control in the game is my effort and my, you know, physicality. That's only that's the two things that I can control, and I made sure that I keep you know being that consistently. All right, there it is, Jacob Toilta Mariner. Um, just want to add there, um, you know that his um his statement at the end. I'm trying to shut that down. There we go. Good good note there for young football players, coaches, whatever. You know, if you're ever getting involved in sports. Uh, the two things he can control is his effort and physicality. So you could bring that every day. I learned that uh, from old basketball coach uh, Pete Gillen at Xavier. He's like, we're gonna play defense and rebound every day. You know, you can you can shot can be off. You know, uh, you can miss a free throw here and there, but we're gonna play defense because that's effort. And we're going to hit them boards. So, that's why he kept going to the NCAA tournament every year. So, and Jacob said, hey, he's going to bring his effort. And if you got it, physicality. So, he's going to bring that every day. Every day you can do that. Uh, you might not get to the quarterback every day. Uh, yesterday he got to the quarterback and he kept going. So, uh, good um, statement by him. Somebody taught him that and uh, he lived it. And it came to life for him yesterday against the Las Vegas Raiders. Now, next up for the Falcons, a rematch, a rumble at the Mercedes-Benz with the New Orleans Saints, who posted a 31-3 exhibition win over the Denver Broncos and their fourth-string quarterback, the wide receiver from uh Wake Forest, who played some quarterback his freshman year, played in the NFL game. Uh, not really funny because of COVID-19 and, and them losing their three quarterbacks, but he was one for nine, uh, Mr. Hinton. And But we're more concerned about the Saints here and what they did. So uh, this was the perfect opportunity to run the ball and get out of there with a win. That's what they did. Latavius Murray had 19 carries for 100 24 yards and two touchdowns. 
Uh, Tyson Hill, uh, you know, we're going to get to see him in game three. He still doesn't have a touchdown pass. Nine of 16 for 78 yards, a 43.2 quarterback rating. Now, uh, here are the standings in the NFC South. And, and if I'm, you know, they got to make a pro, they got to make a high school adjustment for Hill. You can't really play a pro defense against this kind of guy. And when he throws the ball up in the air for those pop shots, you got to get him. So you got to have safety or somebody, a linebacker. You might actually go 4-3. You could actually go 52 or even 62 and, um, you know, account for the quarterback. So And then light him up. Hit him early or hit him often. <laughs> you know, if he's going to be running, I mean, he's uh, – He's uh, uh, not the uh, d defensible player, whatever they call it. So, yeah, if I'm drawing up this uh, defensive game plan, we're going to be lighting up uh, the quarterback every time he gets outside of the pocket because them little quarterback runs, we can't have that. Can't have it. So, 9 of 16, 78, 43.2. And then, you know, they're going to have to run Murray, and, and they're going to try to get to Kamar. You know, that they only got three options. Uh, you know, and that's what they did last time. He he loaded up on Michael Thomas. Kamara was in check. Dion had him together. Mary didn't do much. And then uh, Hill got loose on the quarterback runs. So I'm taking the quarterback runs. I'm taking Dion. Uh, hopefully I'm taking Murray. And then maybe Michael Thomas is going to get his. But um, nobody else is getting anything. So that's how you're going to beat the Saints this week. Right now on Monday, we'll see what Coach Raheem has to say about that during the week. The uh, the NFC South looks like this: Saints nine and two, Tampa Bay seven and five, uh, Atlanta four and seven, and Carolina four and eight. And yeah, on a sad note, well, I guess not really sad, but you know, Dave Caldwell's been a good friend of the program here. He got fired. In Jacksonville, former Atlanta guy, good guy from uh, John Carroll up in Cleveland. Gave us Don Shula and a bunch of other coaches come out of there. I played for Joe Perella, who was a John Carroll guy, and he coached Tom Jackson, the old linebacker and ESPN announcer out of Cleveland, John Adams, so at Louisville. So, Caldwell, good luck for you. Good luck to you in your future. Uh good guy and uh you know hey they just didn't come together down there in jacksonville so with that we're gonna get on out of here we'd like for you to follow us on twitter at d orlando ajc go to ajc.com bookmark your falcons page hey and our squad's deep mark bradley's at the game we got jason butt right in sidebars got michael cunningham uh you know giving you his thoughts on the team throughout the week so we're four deep and we got chris Vivlamore is the sports editor. That's Phil. That's the Zen master. That's Phil Jackson in the office working the strings for us. So you want the best Falcons coverage? What do they say in the paper here? Uh, best Falcons coverage in all the land or something like that. So come to AJC.com for your Atlanta Falcons coverage. With that, we're going to get out of here. Take care and have a great Rest of the week, we'll see you on Wednesday. We break down the Saints game a little bit more intensely. How the Falcons can pull off another shocker on Sunday.
Music by DJ Magic. Hip hop is a product of black people. It's a product of black song and celebration. The Atlanta Journal-Constitution presents Hip hop's most pulled elements are pulled from the South. A Southern hip hop store. We always go back to that moment of the Source Awards. Everybody wants your rhythm, but they don't want your blues. The biggest names in hip-hop. Atlanta is still the mecca for hip-hop. 50 years. No one can deny. One film. The power of the South now. The South got something to say. Streaming now at AJC.com slash hip-hop. The Atlanta Journal-Constitution is taking Georgia political coverage to the next level. Now Georgia's smartest political team is adding Hall of Fame political broadcaster Bill Nygut. I am beyond thrilled to be joining the remarkable political team at the AJC. And with the year that we have unfolding in politics, it's going to be an exciting ride. Read Bill Nygut's expert insight on AJC.com and listen to the Politically Georgia podcast with me, Greg Bluestein. And me, Patricia Murphy. And me, Tia Mitchell. Hear new episodes every weekday. Only from the Atlanta Journal-Constitution.